Welcome back to the Barefoot Puncher. I'm your host as always, The Mug, your co-host, The Pope. The Modler is with us as well. And of course, we take our inspiration from The Barefoot Investor. But instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2022 AFL and NRL season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to The Pope. Thank you very much, Mug. Pre-production meeting, The Modler strutting around after the weekend he had. So that was nice to get the mood of the room up um so looking forward to the podcast because uh the modeler is coming off a big big weekend isn't he huge weekend for the modeler a clean sheet uh i think it was six out of six five out of six uh five out of five or six out of six modeler um but uh welcome to the program modeler good to be here lads yeah good to get the clean sheet on in all honesty i i was a soccer goalkeeper in my day and didn't get many clean sheets there. So it's nice to get one on the balance, on the balance sheet at least. Uh, yeah, good to be here. Ah, very good, mate. Awesome. Well, mate, while we're on the topic, you might as well talk us through it. Can you uh, can you run us through your sheet, Mudler? Yeah, yeah. Might as well start with uh, oh. AFL. So I had on the Saints. I think that was with team news coming through. That was nice to get them up at 240 at the Carlton, who... Yeah, the model's pretty much all year, so good to see some results there. And then the big one uh, uh, the day after, Essendon at 320, I think, uh, we sent out on the email. That was a really good result against the Swans there. Um, and then finally, yeah, the Crows uh, tipped up with a half stake. They obviously didn't win. Um, but early on, I think it was 33 and a half yep. line on the potty and 31 and a half with teams on Thursday. So if you happen to take those lines, uh, you know, at those times, then... then Good results there. And then uh, league, we had Manly, I think, against Storm on yep. the Thursday night. That was a nice one. Uh, South as well. Um, Warriors, they were the big one at home with their return home at $1.50. And then also the, the Dragons, probably controversially getting over the line in the end, but uh, but at least they didn't, you know, you don't care how the money goes in the account as long as it does. So uh, Excellent, Modler. Just uh, cue the applause. If we had a uh, if we had a producer, uh, Pope, and uh, oh, they click cue the applause. Well, it's not coming through, Pope. I think you're on. You might be on mute. Very, very well. <laughs> There's a little golf clap there. I think, Modler. Uh, well done, mate. Absolutely awesome. Hey, just on that uh, Dragons bet, Modler. At what point did uh, Hunt get announced, and what did that do to the price before the jump? Yeah, I'm not sure if it um, really moved. So he was named early on on Tuesday. So the big issue was if he'd um, fall out. But um, if anything, the Dragon, like he was always in and the Dragon's price kind of drifted a bit. So um, Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good result anyway. Yeah, that's a good result for the punters. Okay, awesome, uh, mate. Pope, do you want to run us through yours? Yeah, not as successful as the Mother Mug, but also Manly head-to-head was the tip coming from myself, which yep. got up. In a barn burner, I might add, 36-30. That was um, one game that's was worth watching there. To, to late flurry from Melbourne made that to be close than it needs to be. Um, I think the next game chronologically was probably Cowboys-Broncos. I was like the underdog there, the Broncos, and Cowboys ran away with that pretty comfortably in the end. South, we're on in a big way, 13-plus, and that saluted. Yeah, awesome. Then I went head-to-head with the mother on Warriors-Tigers and lost not for the first time this year and also like the Dragons with the asterisk that Hunt was playing. Yep. He did play and they got the win as outsiders in that one. 
Yeah, awesome, uh, awesome stuff, fellas. And um, I was pretty keen on Essendon uh, from the podcast. Um, well, I, I think I put it up. Um, did I put it on Twitter? I can't remember if I put it on Twitter or not. But um, I think I said uh, I liked it at the 19. I still liked it at the 17. And that was from the podcast. And then um, and then the Hawks GWS under, uh, I guess, was the bet. And to be honest, it, it sort of blew me away a little bit just how low that number actually well how much rain there was really it was um i was expecting 20 to 40 mils uh, which is still a lot of rain <laughs> 20 to 40 mils and we had over 90 mils of rain on the saturday which was uh just enormous and uh and you know plenty more again on the sunday i backed it over um over 120 uh over 122 and a half still maintained a bit of a stake on the, uh, uh, you know, uh, maintained a position on the under, but did go back the other way and just missed out. So I'll talk to that in bad beats, but hopefully some of the, uh, the listeners got onto the unders and um, were able to, uh, to hold some sort of stake. And, and if you went back over, uh, maybe you're just a bit unlucky, uh, maybe. Um, so uh, it's good. Good weekend. I think boys for the, uh, for the barefoot punter team, I think there was a, uh, obviously Modlow was out in front with the yellow Jersey, but um, I think it was a pretty solid weekend uh, by all concerns. So well done fellas. And I'm sure the, the listeners uh, definitely benefited from that. Um, so boys, um, I made mention of one just there, but uh, what about you boys? Did you see any bad beats out there? Nothing, nothing huge. Well, that's like I more than touched on it. Yeah, you know, Canberra Raiders probably on on Sunday. They um, controversially couldn't get the game into extra time late. Dragons infringing in the ruck with Raiders attacking the Dragons line. Um, Controversial rule around the six again when you're attacking. So Ben Hunt knew the rule and taken an all side position. But um, you can now argue that it should have at least been a penalty, which would have taken the game extra time. So I think you're very hard done by if you're on the Raiders with that context, Mug. Yeah, okay. And uh, and Mother, what about you? Did you see anything over there? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, we, we spoke about the Manly win against the Storm on, uh, I think it was a Thursday night. And I mean, they, they've won at odds, which you can't really complain about. But if you happen to take margins and those kind of things, Storm have racked up four tries in the last five minutes there to blow all sorts of margins out the window. So, um, yep. yeah, it was good to get the win. But, you know, you would have been uh, feeling a little bit annoyed that the margins didn't quite get home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a bit similar in the Port Adelaide Fremantle game, uh, Michael Dennis uh, made mention of that one. He was a bit uh, upset about um, Frio giving up some late goals. Uh, I think for a large chunk of that uh, last quarter, it looked like Frio were just going to absolutely just sail above the uh, the line, but then Port managed a, a late cover. Um and boys, if we can cast our minds back to Thursday and Friday night, some very late goals um, to send both of those games over. So if you're an unders better, Thursday and Friday night was not good for you in the AFL. That's for sure. I think Motlop, um, I think that goal actually went through at like the 37 minute mark or something like that. Um, it was a it was a late, 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 late goal. Um, and then the other one, Modler, um, which you would have been aware of uh, being Adelaide um, better in this game was the Melbourne Adelaide line. Benny Brown after the siren, um, you know, busted that lineup. So Again, if you uh, if you took the late price and we're on Adelaide Plus, uh, you'd be a little bit uh, a little bit sick there as well. So some real late goals in the AFL busted up three of those uh, three of those betting lines. So 
you're obviously a happy camper if you're on the right side of it, but uh, definitely a bad beat if you're on the wrong side. And then I don't know if it was a bad beat or not, but um, I needed 122 and a, um, 123 uh, for an absolute fill. And um, and of course, we could only manage 122. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't good for the mug. Um, it was, uh, they needed two goals with 14 minutes left in the last quarter. So you'd probably, they'd already kicked two goals in the first, you know, sort of four minutes. You'd think they might be able to manage two more for the rest of the game, but uh, could only get the one and it was late. Mitch Lewis still had a shot after the siren to, uh, to clear it, um, but only got the behind. So would have been a uh, tough shot at goal. So anyway, we'll just have to let that one go. All right, boys, that's enough tomfoolery. Are we ready to talk some footy? Let's do it. All righty, Pope. Uh, do you want to uh, serve up some AFL for us, lads? Cracker to start the round. Mug at GMHBA on Thursday night. We've got 1v2 Geelong v Melbourne and pretty much $1.90 a piece here at topsport.com.au. Take us away. Yeah, so um, so just on that, Pope, you know, Top Sport look after us. They do a do a great job supporting our show and they do a great job supporting the punters as well. They've been in the caper for over 30 years and uh, Tristan and the boys run a fantastic service. So if you're not betting uh, with uh, topsport.com.au already, get over there, sign up, tell them Mug sent you and, um, and you will be looked after like all their valuable customers are. Um, and of course, download the app, Pope. Um, so that is a great game, Pope. And it's, um, well, I, I get, you know, hopefully it lives up to the billing. We had the uh, the game of the season the other week with uh, Melbourne and Brisbane, you know, supposedly one versus two, and it was an absolute fizzer. So uh, hopefully this one lives up to it. Um, Pope, my number is uh, well out in front for the Cats. So I'm, I'm, I'm about a goal in front for the Cats um, before we look at teams. The big thing in this one that you've got to consider is uh, Max Gorn and Jackson coming back in versus Selwood and De Koning coming back the other way. So it's it's most likely that De Koning and Selwood do come back in, but there's still question marks over Jackson and, um, and Gorn. So if Jackson and Gorn come back in, um, I'm probably about where the market is at the moment, but uh, I think if you're looking to have a bet, there's obviously upside. If one of those two guys doesn't come back in, then you're on the value. So um, uh, I've I've got uh, even with Gorn and Jackson coming back in, I, I would have um, Cats a slight fave. So, um, mate, happy to put that one up. I'm on the Cats. Nice. And then, the, and then, as I say, if there's icing on your cake, if either um, Gorn or Jackson don't come back. Yep. Makes a uh, bit of sense. Uh, Mother, man with the hot hand, what do you got on this one? Yeah, not a lot at the moment. So I've got those ins and outs, uh, or more so in, so with Deconing, Gorn and Jackson, all in for, for their respective teams. And I've uh, got a very slight lean to Geelong, $1.94, but obviously not enough to cover the... Um, the dollar ninety one that's that's up at toppy at the moment, but um, yeah, probably uh, a watch on on Gorn and Jackson there as Munts mentioned. We'll head over to the SCG mug on Friday night to Sydney Swans take on the Western Bulldogs. I think the rain might stop by Friday from uh, looking <laughs> at the forecast. Yeah, who knows, <laughs> uh, mate? I'm right on the market here, so I'll hand over to the modler because I know he's got a lean. 
Uh, yeah, it looks like English and Richards. I think are back in for the doggies, so that's enough to give me a slight lean for for them. Um, it's the model sort of been against Sydney in the last few weeks anyway, so no surprises that I'm on the doggies. I've got them about two twenty eight, uh, so probably good enough for a half unit at the two forty four that the Toppy's got up at the moment. Yeah, very good. Like it, mother. If there's no objections, boys, I think we'll give the North Melbourne Kangaroos a week's respite. They're copping enough in the media, so they don't need to hear it from us as well. Yep. So we'll move forward to intriguing matchup and uh, Modler, uh, sorry, a mug special on Sunday night. This one. Yeah. Rocco t- Suns v Richmond Tigers. I'll uh, let you take it from here. Mug. Yeah, I, I think that might be the top sport market mover of the week uh, to that one, Pope. Just thought that was a real big number to put out on the, um, uh, you know, for that market on the Sunday. And um, knowing that Dusty and, you know, Vlostin was a, a chance at that uh, point in time to miss as well. Two pretty important players, Cochin's out, um, Prestia, does he come back? Was a pretty sickening concussion uh, the other day and he's, he's had a few injury issues and so forth o- over the journey. So, um, does he rush straight back in? Not too sure. Look, if that team doesn't have all of those boys, that is a significant part of their engine room and their experience um, not in there. Dusty was pretty good for him on the weekend as well. So he looked like he was starting to find a bit of form. Um, yeah, I like the eight and a half, Pope. There's no, no doubt about that. Could I still be coming for them now at the at you know pretty much around that pick price? I think it's about right now, uh, but hopefully some of the listeners were able to uh, to get onto that earlier price. Anything for you in this one, Modler? Uh, no, nothing for me at the moment. So I've plugged Prestia in, um, and it's got Richmond near enough right on where Toppy's got it at a dollar ninety five. Um, so yeah, if he doesn't happen to come in, or um, you know some other ins and outs you know, transpire, then, then there might be a lane come Thursday, but, but nothing at the moment. Two games, two random picking games that you haven't had a view, Mod, that's, that's rare for yours. We've got a third game here with pretty close betting odds. St Kilda v Frio, a top sport, St Kilda eighty-four favourites, Frio ninety-seven. Do you have a view on this one? I actually do this time. Um, so uh, Saints obviously with a good win last week against Carlton. Um, but the model's lumping for Frio here. No significance ins or outs that I can see for either team. Um, I've got Frio just above a dollar eighty, so at the dollar ninety-seven, I think um, definitely happy to, to have a go. Probably a bit of trepidation about how I think Mugs mentioned before, and no doubt will again about how Frio travel over to Melbourne. Um, yeah, it's probably enough for a half unit for me there, but um, yeah, happy to happy to play along anyway. The only one there too, Modler, I think uh, Tabner might have uh, come out of, late out of the Port game, uh, subbed out with Hammy, so um, he, he might be a bit of a watch uh, as well. <laughs> Um, just for your uh, for your model there, um, I don't uh, don't have a real uh, opinion here, uh, Pope. I'm, I'm pretty much on it again, but um, but yeah, I think with this game, uh, Pope, there's there's a few moving parts uh, with the Saints injuries as well too, with Hunter Clark uh, and Butler. With us, I don't know if you boys saw that. That was a sickening uh, head collision. So um, both those boys, uh, well, I think Hunter Clark's definitely going to miss, but maybe Butler as well. Mug, three certainties in life, death, taxes, and the market moving on the back of a barefoot Sunday night tweet. And that's what happens here in this one. Port Adelaide v GWS. Port, $1.35, GWS, three twenty, And Port are now 17.5-point favourites. 
Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought that price was a bit skinny to start, and was happy to take uh, Port at home, uh, fourteen and a half. Um, Port have been pretty decent. Like you know, they're not world beating, but um, they've been pretty serviceable. I think GWS is still playing a very loose. Uh, brand of football and uh, you know it's all about scoring all about offense and the other thing here is that um, you know they're running around in that pretty heavy game on Sunday um, against the Hawks too and it's not so much the the you know playing on the Sunday that the the time between the games isn't so much but I think a game like that just really impacts your week and impacts your recovery. I think you're just a lot more sore after a game in the cold and the wet and your legs are heavy and all that sort of stuff. So they, they probably, they'll probably barely train until Wednesday. Um, so I think it does uh, disrupt your, your week a little bit in the way that you go about it. So um, yeah, favor uh, Port at home. Share that view, mother. No, no real lunch for me here. I've got Dozma and Butters back in for Port, but um, not enough for me to, to uh, get an edge um, over the dollar thirty-seven, so yeah, at, at this stage, no play. Stick with you, mother. In the pre-show meeting, we sort of said, "Do we want to talk about Brisbane?" Essen, you said, "Yes, I've got a view on this one. We're talking about it." So, take us away, mother. Yeah, big lean on Essendon here. Um, we were obviously on them last week, and then um, yeah, uh, sort of fallen off Brisbane a little bit um, the last few weeks as well. The model has, and it's. Um, Looks like McGrath's coming back in for the Bombers. And with that said and done, it's got them about 350, the model does, against against the 480 on toppy. So definitely a, a big play there for me. And, and as we've spoken about before, you know, those kind of prices um, probably split it between the, the head-to-head and the line. 30 and a half point underdogs, the Bombers are in this one. Mug, do you concur with the model? Um, I'm pretty close to it, uh, Pope, uh, in terms of my number and the market's number. So uh, probably not, but, you know, as, as we would probably say in, in these types of ones, you know, when you, you're up over that five goal mark, you'd probably rather be with the underdog than, uh, than the favourite. That's, that's a, you know, it's a fair start. And um, Brizzy going to be without Zorko and, um, and yeah, Essendon get back McGrath. So that's a, a pretty significant swing uh, right there. Um, I'll see where the market ends up, uh, Pope. I have a bit of a market watch on that. You, you know, there, there does seem to be a bit of money that comes late for Brisbane, particularly at home. You know, a lot of people have got that, uh, you know, they can't be beaten at the at the Gabba type of mentality. So just plow into the minus. Um, so a bit of a bit of a market watch on that one for me, Pope. If it if it if it goes up late, then uh, I could see myself having a bet on, on Essendon. Yep, that's uh, good to know. The Barefoot's favourite son, the Hawks. Mug, they are 10.5-point favourites under the roof at Marvel against the Crows on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I have no lean uh, here, Pope. I'm flat again, which is uh, a bit disappointing for the listeners and for the punters and for myself uh, that I'm uh, pretty much on market with a lot of things this this week um, because I, I like to bet, Pope. Um, but um, I, I think one thing here, and, and it's a bit unfortunate circumstances, and I, I don't know if you boys would be across it, um, being more so uh, rugby boys, but um, Jack Gunston's father has passed away in the last couple of days and only quite young and quite sudden, 65 years of age. And, um, you know, and I know, um, well, Gunston's been there for what, 10, 10 years? Would he be 10 years? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. And, um, you know, has very close mates there in Shields and, and uh, a few other lads. Um, so, you just wonder how that might have affected them this week. And even will Gunston actually play this week? And I, I don't like to sort of be 
you know, going on the back of someone's, um, you know, tragedy or un unfortunate circumstances. But I think to that point, like, you know, if that's going to emotionally impact the Hawks, um, I'd probably lean Adelaide um, because of that, you know, just because of the uncertainty of how the Hawks might be impacted. But, um, but that would be my only um, lean in the game. I guess the other thing too, the Hawks, you know, it's a home game for the Hawks, but it's at Marvel Stadium. And um, we haven't been good there over a long period of time. And we've stunk it up there a couple of times this year against Essendon and Doggies and probably a few others that aren't quite coming to mind right at this moment. But um, yeah, so that's it, Pope. Yep, good context there, Marg. Modlo, two teams on paper that are pretty hard to get a read on. What does the numbers tell you? Yeah, it looks like the model's finding it hard to get a read on as well. I'm, I'm uh, pretty agnostic to this one again as well. No... No real lens either way. Um, I guess, Mark, a question without notice. Um, uh, you know, we know that the Hawks have done well against the totals and Adelaide seem to as well. Um, you know, given it's obviously under the roof at Marvel this time around and with everything said and done about, um, you know, Gunston and, and how that might affect the Hawks, do you, do you have any lens on the totals here? I think I said uh, about four weeks ago, Modler, that we just keep backing the over until it stops working for us. Um, I guess it uh, stopped working for us on the weekend, but there was uh, circumstances around that. For the four for, for, for the four weeks since I made that comment, um, with the Hawks have gone over every single game. So um, I think you could probably apply that here again, Modler. I think that's uh, it's it is reasonably high, one seventy two, but we have seen the Hawks just you know, up around the 200s, north of 200. Um, so it's probably a good call, Modler. Um, you could, um, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that on that total and look to go over with the Hawks. Nice one. Uh, we finish over in the West, Mug. The Eagles, who for large parts last week, looked like your 20-point better-than-market theory was very much intact against the Tigers. They're taking on the Blues and 18.5-point uh, underdogs here, mate. Blues to all 35 favourites. A couple of late goals probably flattered the Tigers uh, in the end and, and made that sort of – you walked away from it going, I, I think it was – was it 35 points in the end? You sort of go, oh, you know, Tigers five, six goal win. Uh, that was that was probably about right. But in the context of the game, it was a bit closer than that, I think. So um, West Coast didn't uh, disgrace themselves by any stretch and it just goes to show uh, when the big Black Panther's back in town, what a difference he makes. And um, – he was really ripping it up around the contest, taking the ball out of the ruck, you know, little taps to himself and tearing off out of the contest. Uh, he is just, a, he's, he's something else, uh, Nick Nat. Even off off the injury, uh, he was, uh, he made a big difference and he'll make a big difference again. And they get back Kennedy. Uh, well, they should get back Kennedy. So, Look, my numbers a bit. It's it's the same story as last week here. My ratings haven't adjusted enough yet. Like I've still got Carlton, a big, a big number, a big favourite uh, here over in, in West Coast. But I know the reality of it is is that I want to be on on West Coast. So it'll be a little bit similar to what I said last week. I will look to see how much that that number gets bet up, and um, and then when it does, I'll be looking to. Um, back West Coast at the plus. Yep. I like the theory. Well, I have an idea what you might be thinking, but I'll let you confirm or deny whether that's the case. Yeah, probably uh, lining up with your expectations then. No surprises. That the model, as we've mentioned, has put a carbon near enough every week and it's going to somewhat continue this week. It's got West Coast rated just shy of $3 at the moment, so uh, probably worth a good half unit. Um, 
given the play at the moment. And yeah, hopefully we get some more information come Thursday to see how that pans out. Like it. That's uh, the full round. Boys, any other context worth adding for listeners? No, no, I, I think that's good, Pope. But one thing uh, one of the listeners uh, did ask us about um, during the week was just how do you come up with your numbers? You know, so, and I know we, I know we all do things probably um, a little bit differently. Um, you know, Modler, obviously, with his, his model. Um, Pope, you're, I guess, professionally trained in, in the dark arts. And, um, and I, I guess I've just over a long time made up my own process. Um, I don't know if it's a <laughs> professional process or not, but it's my process. Um, I guess probably influenced by logical uh, to some degree, um, but um, but Pope, would you would you mind to talk us through how how do you come up with your number? You know, when you're talking about a line, and you know that's my line, or it's above my line, or below my line, or the number's too big. How do you come up with your number? Yeah, well, it's a good segue because logical also probably taught me a fair bit of what I know too, Mug. But the starting point for me is getting all 16, 16 teams and rating them with the best team having a base number of zero. So I work from the best team backwards and the, the theory of how to get the numbers is if team A, if the best team in the conference to play the second best team to get the number, if they play each other a thousand times at a neutral venue, so devoid of any home ground advantage or anything like that, what would that number be on average? Yep. That's how I get the First team be second team, then second team be third using the same process. So it's relatively subjective and there's more modern ways of doing things. However, you stick with what works for you and it largely works for me. So that's the system I use to get a rating and then I overlay from game to game. That's the season rating and then game to game, I overlay home ground advantage, any players that might be out and attach a number to those, which whatever method you're using is also subjective. So... In the instance now, I'll, I'll put number two, Penrith on a base of zero and Storm are on number three. So if they, right now, as we speak, and it changes every week, I update these every Monday, Yep. that if Penrith were to play Storm a thousand times, simulate that hypothetically, then that's a three-point line, in my opinion. Yeah, lovely. And and if you don't mind me asking, Pope, who's, who's uh, lowest on your ratings? West Tigers now. And and what do you have the num the gap between the top and the bottom? What do you have it at? I've got a twenty three and a half. Yep. Yep. Okay. Excellent, mate. That's uh that's great insight there uh, for the listeners. What about yourself, Modler? I know your your process is is different, but how do you go about it? Yeah. So um you know as I mentioned before, it's it's sort of uh, at, at a player level. So I'm I'm looking at ins and outs, obviously. Um, so all the metrics that come into it relate to to players that are in and out and um, sort of rather than come up with my own player score, if you like, I just sort of looked at what was publicly available and, and the most obvious case of those is all your various kind of fantasy scores and those kind of things that are out there for players. So in AFL, you're talking super coach and player ratings and fantasy score. And then similar for NRL, I think there's super coach and, and NRL.com's own fantasy score. So, so I sort of use those as a basis and then, you know, each player uh, I project um, you know, what their fantasy score uh, should be next week, coming up to next week. And then the way I do that is I look at what their fantasy score was going into last week and then what they actually scored last week and, and sort of fall somewhere in between and a lot closer to what their previous average is. So I don't try and overcompensate um, for, for last week's result, but just sort of, you know, as we've spoken about before, kind of slow and steady um, updating of player ratings. And then once I've got, you know, 
player ratings for both teams. I just roll those up to, to team level. I can weight it by position. So certain positions are, are worth more than others, especially in rugby league. Um, and then, yeah, I, I overlay a bit of home ground advantage over the top of that. And that's kind of a subjective approach. I, I, what I kind of do is run a, a <clears throat> excuse me, a model without home ground advantage across a bunch of years worth of fixtures. And then I work out sort of what's left over um, yeah, cool. what the model's predicted and, and what, you know, you know, what it, what it uh, could have predicted if there was home ground advantage in there. So it's, it's a little bit subjective and it's probably not as dynamic as it should be. It's kind of static and, and something I need to revisit, but um, yes. So just sort of a, a forecast of player metrics and, and a bit of home ground advantage overlaid over the top. Yeah, awesome. And and um, Pope, my, um, you know, I guess we've both been taught by logical uh, you in the classroom, probably me in the car going for surfs more <laughs> um, so. But um, so my, my system, uh, I guess, is predicated off what Pope just spoke about. So basically ranking uh, all of the teams um, from a zero starting point, the best team in the comp uh, down to uh, the worst team in a comp and having a number against that. Um, so, you know, a, a, for a bit of context there, Melbourne is on zero. For me, I've got the Cats on five as the uh, second best team in the comp at the moment. And then all the way down the bottom, I've got uh, North Melbourne on 66. So um, so she's a fair gap uh, between the uh, the top and, and the bottom. Um, then when it comes to actually looking at a game, uh, then we'll play some uh, home ground advantage over the top of that. Um, usually a starting point. Uh, for home ground advantage for an East Coast game, um, you know, where it, it's an interstate, interstate, like so it might be Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne. Um, I'd probably look at around about five or six uh, around those types of things. And then they get bigger as the travel gets further, um, familiarity. And and I'll, sometimes too, like I'll, I'll play with that a little bit for experienced teams and teams that are going well, like this this week, for instance, Richmond going to Gold Coast, you know, as an experienced team, I probably, I would almost have that home ground advantage slightly more if it was like a North Melbourne going to the Gold Coast. Um, so I play around with that a little bit. Um, but yeah, those those home grounds and WA when you're traveling across the big timeline and, and for those that haven't, done it a lot and I have done it a lot in my life uh, is going across the, the great divide and the, and the time zone It mucks everything up, mucks your sleep up and mucks your whole, your whole rhythm up. So that that's a big advantage um, that you need to apply when West coast and Freo are coming out here. And, and obviously when the teams are going back out the other way as well. Um, then after each uh, week, um, or then, then you got your player movement as well that you spoke about after each week has finished so sunday night that's why i, I always send uh send out something on, on a sunday night i do my numbers again and the the first part of my process is to actually go back and i reline every single game so i if they were going to play again tomorrow um assuming the same um, players that were on the field um i go back and I, I i set another line for every single game and then i'm using information i guess that i had from my number you know, my, my closing line, I look at the market's closing line and then I look at my new line. And I guess I, I come up with a bit of a number within those uh, three things. And then that's the number that I will use um, when I actually go and then readjust my ratings. And it won't always be, you know, if there was a six, you know, let's just say, um, 
a team beat a team by 24 points and and the line was only six in the beginning you know what so what's the number you know is it the midpoint is it 25 percent or whatever so i take a number from that i don't necessarily just go and apply that six let's just say i was i was going to make it a six line difference i was going to reline it at 12 i don't necessarily just take that six and apply it um flat out to the to the ratings model i might take a midpoint on my ratings model as well so Again, that's why the ratings moves a bit more slowly because we're not making uh, rigid movements um, from one week to the next. So um, hopefully, hopefully that gives a bit of uh, insight uh, to the to the uh, to the listeners about how the, the three of us um, go about it. Um, I think Pope said it. It's not an exact science, and that's that's the beauty of of all of this is that. Um, you know, we could have three different experts in the room and all have quite a different uh, number. Um, but one thing that you do get uh, every weekend, uh, once the final sirens go on, is that you get feedback from the market every single week. So you can use that feedback uh, and feedback from the market as well. Um, premiership market, you know, there's lots of different things that you can constantly look at to give you feedback around, okay, is your number out too far? Um, and I think Modler, you've spoken about that before that, you know, not to be too arrogant or not to be too sort of pig headed that when your number is miles out, you know, oh, okay. Rather than thinking fantastic, I'm going to load the house on it. It's like, okay, is there something I've actually missed here because I'm that far away from the market. There might be something else going on. I think, I think too, just to finish there, Mug, if any listeners have any questions, let us know. Like, if yeah. any clarity, I think we'd be happy to, more than happy to talk about this stuff. This is um, fun to talk about. So we're more than willing to provide additional context if requested. Absolutely. Um, but uh, thank you. I, I think it might have been uh, Bosco or Boco or um, that, um, that, that tweeted that in. So um, yeah, thanks mate for, uh, for the question. And uh, yeah, as Pope said, ha- we're happy to, uh, to talk about that. What we're also happy to talk about Pope is NRL. And we've got a few games uh, this week and we'll uh, layer that up with a bit of state of origin early lean as well. But uh, let's have a look at our first game. Uh, so boys round 17, we're back on an even keel with the uh, AFL in terms of the round number, which is nice. Um, Cronulla Sharks, Melbourne Storm, uh, Cronulla at home. And uh, from what I can see, it's a uh, straight out pick, $1.91 a, a piece. Uh, Pope, what do we see? Probably the most pure game of the weekend, the heavily affected by Origin players um, this round. Mug with Origin next Wednesday, so no Origin players. So the only players missing from this one are Telekai for Cronulla and Harry Grant for Melbourne. Um, Cronulla have been a juicy price most of the week here. This is a topsport.com.au market mirror of the week as well. This was plus five and a half Cronulla uh, probably over the weekend and now it's moved into peak. So, and this feels about the right price to me now. Home ground advantage and all the moving parts here. Melbourne have had some bad performances without some of the decent players and they don't actually look that bad a team on paper now. They're missing Munster and, and Grant, but they've got Pat back. He played last week. The, the Stuart Hughes, the Bromwich brothers, etc. So it's probably not as bad as maybe what's made out. I, I can't really split. I think the price about right. But the better I do like in this one, I think the total points is 37.5. This looks to be a dry night in the Shire. And that's low for me. Like touched on it earlier, the 66 points scored in Storm's game Thursday night. These two teams are overs 
team, so to speak. So I'm all about over 37 and a half in here. Yeah, nice. And uh, do you bother? Um, do you bother um, taking some super sort of style overs there, Pope, or, or do you just um, are you happy just to go an extra stake on the on the 37 line? No, I would take I would take extra here. I can see this being a 50 plus game yeah. without too great a stretch. So I don't think it's worth delving into the bigger prices here as well. Love it. All right, uh, that's uh, that's great to hear, uh, Pope. Can you? Um, or can you disagree there with the Pope and, and find us a side to take uh, in this one, Modler? Yeah, I've, I've actually got a, a decent enough lean to the Sharks here. I've got them about $1.76. So Grant coming out uh, is probably a bigger bigger um, detriment to Melbourne than, than Talakai is for an for me. Um, so, yeah, nice little lean there. Um, and, and I know that Storm have probably got a few guys playing out of position as well. And, and probably more often than not, that sort of, you know, doesn't doesn't come to... You know, fruition. So don't mind, don't mind being on the sharks here at, at the moment. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, excellent, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, next game, um, boys, we got uh, Newcastle hosting uh, the Rabbitohs. Um, we got high on the Rabbitohs last week, and um, and here they are again. Newcastle two forty five, a dollar fifty five. The Rabbits, and we've got a line there of five and a half. Um, Pope, what do you see? We're a fickle bunch. We're off them this week in <laughs> in this one, Mark. They're, they're missing players through combination origin injury, and he's still looking at five and a half look skinny. It's a team that's just beaten the fourth place seven on the ladder quite comfortably last week. But history suggests the sum of the parts when you lose bulk players, what it does structurally is, is really key. Yeah. Yeah. And they've lost the center, they've lost two back rows, they've lost the hooker, and probably two of their three better players here. Latrell's back, not playing Origin. He's had one game back, so that's significant, but the market knows that and priced in accordingly. Losing four or five players, that can really impact what the quality of the structures that you have in place. So the underdog in this one at home, Mug, Newcastle at the at the 260 or so and, and the plus. Yeah, wow. Okay, that's um, that's really interesting and, um, and, and great to hear. Modler, can you line up? Yeah, it can actually. Yeah, I actually uh, had a slight lean of the nights last week, not enough for, for a betting lean to, to tip up to the subscribers, but slight lean to them. And obviously, yeah, we liked uh, Souths as well. Um, but yeah, still one for the nights here at uh, just over 210. I've got them. So decent, decent edge there against Souths at the moment. And, and as Pope mentioned, yeah, there'll be quite a few guys sort of playing out of position or off not many minutes coming into South. So, so quite happy with them. Um, you know, with the, with the lean on nights at the moment, they lose Gayle, but um, and then Ponga, but uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, all said and done, it's probably looking a bit a bit bit better than the South uh, with their ins and outs. Excellent. Okay, well, there's a consensus bet uh, for the listeners. Thank you, boys. Uh, the next one, Wests uh, hosting the Eels. Uh, 12, um, yeah, about a 12 flat line here, a little bit of juice either side, $1.95 the west side and uh, and $1.85 the eels side. Um, those head-to-head prices we've got is west, four bucks, and um, para, uh, one twenty-five. Uh, Pope, can you find us something? Tricky, Mug, tricky. These two teams at opposite ends of the ladder, but fluky in their own right, so... My numbers have this roughly around about what it is. The, the numbers, as we've touched on throughout, probably could get a lean west, but it, it's one of the times that I don't trust the numbers as much here. You've probably utilised West Coast example. It's a little bit like that. If, if anything, 
I'd probably have to bait the miners. Parramatta coming off a loss this year have covered four or five yep. in the aim. So that they bounce back from disappointing performances. And I'd probably just be on the minus here if I had to find a bet. But minimal confidence here. It's a, it's a really tricky one. Yep. Okay. And Modler. Yeah, I've only got the very slightest of links to Parrot here. I got them at dollar twenty-four, so at dollar twenty-five, I'm not terribly keen to um to tip that up as a bet at the moment. Um, I might just yeah sit that one out for now. Yeah, no, nah, completely understand that one there. And uh, boys, we've only got one more in the NRL uh, competition proper, and that's Brisbane hosting St George. Um, this looks. Uh, like not a bad betting game. Uh, Brisbane at home, $1.75 and St. George, $2.08. And um, we must have a couple of points, one and a half uh, either way. Um, what do we got, Pope? Yeah, another another really hard one too here, Mug. Um, Broncos are missing a lot through origin. They're, they're missing about six or seven players. And I, I touched on some of the parts with, with South Sydney. This is even greater advantage. Conversely, in this game, Ben Hunt, to use the baseball term, I think, is wins above replacement or value above replacement for the next player. And he's huge. So him out in that team, the, the replacement player is a massive number for Dragons coming in. So really hard to get a get a read on. The angle I sort of took here looking at the team is where, where are Dragons going to get their points from without Hunt? And, and I, I struggle to see it. So with that in mind, I'd still bet the Broncos. You've got, they've still got Reynolds. The majority of their spine's relatively intact. I can see Broncos scoring enough points to win this game. I, I struggle to see where Dragons are scoring many. So with that all in mind, I'd, I'd like the minus one and a half here. Minus one and a half. Okay, excellent, mate. And uh, and for yourself, Modler? Yeah, I've, I've also got a slight lead to the to the Broncos, even given their, their massive outs that they've got. So it's probably with a bit of trepidation that I'd recommend. I'd bet probably half a unit. Um, I've got them, I think I mentioned the $1.70. Um, yeah, obviously Hunt out for St. George is, is huge for them. So, yeah, don't mind that Brisbane bet at home. But, um, you know, as we spoke to before, when, you know, players play out of position, it's it's always a bit of an unknown. So, pass out as well, um, uh, you know, might impact, will impact Brisbane a little bit. But, um, yeah, as, at the moment, happy with, the, I guess, the lane at seventy and, and probably, yeah, play that a bit cautiously. Yep. Okay. So um, somewhat of a consensus there as well. So uh, I think we had Broncos and uh, and Newcastle there in terms of uh, consensus. And and Pope, you had a little bit of a uh, a lean to uh, Para and uh, and Molly, you had a bit of a lean um, to the Sharks. And Pope was also putting up some overs for us in uh, in that one. So I think. Um, I think we might have got more bets out of that little uh, segment than, uh, than you and I got to get the Mudler in the uh, in the AFL, but um, uh, that's uh, that's good, boys. Well, that's something there—a bit of meat on the bone uh, for the listeners and uh, and boys. Early leans, S O O. What are we thinking? Mother, did you want to take your ball in this one? Yeah, I might do. Um, I'm actually surprised what it's, the models thrown up here. So. Not a huge amount of ins and outs for either team, and it's it's actually um, flipped off the off the Blues off their big win and then jumped on Queensland. It's near enough got this price to pick them two dollars either side. So at the two twenty five, it's it's actually um, it's actually like in Queensland at home there. Yeah, so, right. Okay, well that uh, that is it because you, you're quite heavy for um, for the Blues in the first two, and uh, yeah. and now that's um, swung back around. So okay, that's uh, that's really interesting, Modler. And uh, and for yourself, Pope. Completely agree 
at this point, Mug, this is the biggest advantage in rugby league. Queensland in a decider at Suncorp might sound biased, but it is just different. A third game up there. This jumped three and a half in game two. This is now two and a half. So very mind hungry advantage, which we touched on is subjective. You've probably got New South Wales around a seven and a half, eight point better side to say this. So that's a big re-rate from game two. And they obviously ran away with that, but um, we'll probably go in greater depth next week. There is some additional context. Queensland did lead by two points before having Kafusi sin bin. So not everything is as good or bad as it seems. And I'm telling you, the third game in Queensland is just a little bit different and heavy recency bias here. I'm all about Queensland. I have it about the same price as Mobber. They uh, they grow another leg up there, you reckon, uh, Pope? They do. It's um, it's unlike anything you'd have. It, they haven't lost a decider up there since 2005, Mug. So, and that's off the back of numerous listless performances in game two, and they come out different team in game three. I, I can see that happening again. And and how many um, deciders have we had since 2005 up there? Six or seven. So I did look yep. at the number, but um, it's within that range, six or seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, so we're with, uh, it's always better to cheer uh, Queensland than it is to cheer New South Wales anyway. So that's always uh, that's always more fun uh, for uh, for the rest of us uh, Southerners. Latrell <laughs> so, uh, opted not to play Origin for New South Wales. That wouldn't happen in Queensland, Mug. We just care more about it up there. He opted not to. I'm being a little bit cheeky, but he... He did rule himself out on really? Sunday for to not okay. play Origin, so yeah, yeah no Queenslander would ever do that. No, that's uh, that's that's interesting, and I'm sure that will be uh, all over the newspapers and everything uh, in in the lead up uh, for sure. Um, all right, boys. Well, um, we had a uh, we had a shorter round of NRL, but we uh, we jammed in some sh- uh, state of origin, which was good. Um, we had a good chat about our our betting uh, process, so hopefully uh, the listeners uh, found that interesting. And uh, and of course, we uh, we we talked uh, to some AFL. It was a great weekend uh, just had by the barefoot punter. So. For, for any of those listeners, uh, make sure you go to our website and there you can subscribe to our email. We'll send that out to you. Uh, you'll get any updates that we uh, that we have on Thursday with teams and, and so forth. So uh, jump on that one. Um, follow us on Twitter as well, at BarefootPunter1. And, uh, and I guess enjoy the football. And uh, with all that being said and done, Modler, could you sign us off? Gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win. <laughs>